produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahe. And I'm Yasmin Ammer. Look, to be perfectly honest, making our show has been very difficult these last two weeks. We've been really struggling to find the right words when so many people in our nation are hurting. But maybe the best thing we can all do right now is listen. We all need to listen to people who've long suffered from the same racism and violence that cost Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd their lives. Their stories reverberated across the country because they reminded so many other Black Americans of their own personal experiences, even when the outcome wasn't fatal. My name is Sean Drumgool. I'm 29 years old, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Sean was raised in South Nashville. He still lives in the same house he grew up in with his grandmother. When I grew up, it was a mostly Black community. I could walk by myself to Aunt Lily's house or Aunt Hilda's house without any worry. I could ride my pink and purple bike. Yes, it was pink and purple. As a kid, it was that safe. That started to change when Sean was a teenager. There's one incident that still stands out to him. When he decided to visit a new antique shop in his neighborhood, Sean and his grandmother had always loved antiquing together. I thought it was perfectly okay for me to go to an antique shop by myself. And I walked in, and they threatened to call the police on me. I'm like, but I just like antiques. Like, I had to call my grandmother to come get me. This wasn't the only incident. Over the years, as the neighborhood became more gentrified, more of Sean's Black neighbors left. A lot of them were getting older and couldn't afford to keep their homes. More white families moved in. So that neighborhood that once felt safe for Sean suddenly felt different. Even as an adult, um, a couple of years ago, the police stopped me for walking while Black, and I think... They followed me home to make sure that I could that I lived in the neighborhood because I shouldn't because the neighborhood's changed that much. That what's this black man doing over here? He's up to no good. No, I live here. Behind that frustration was real fear, especially after the murder of 25-year-old jogger Ahmad Arbery. Sean thought that could have been him. I don't know what hit me. I wanted to go on a walk, literally, this is what it was. And I couldn't. I couldn't make it past the front porch. And so I sat, I went back in the house, closed the door. Because like, then you had to realize the trauma of why you felt this way. What led to a 30-year-old, 250-pound black man being scared? That doesn't make any sense. But it's those small traumas built up throughout my life. I'm my mama's only son. I can't risk her losing me. Who's going to take care of my mom if I'm gone? He decided to share how he felt on social media, about how he was scared, as a Black man, to walk in his own neighborhood. And to his surprise, a lot of his neighbors responded, asking him if they could walk with him. But he'd actually made plans to meet up and walk with his mother and a mentor who lives nearby. When he showed up to meet them, he saw 75 other people. 
I was speechless. I literally did not know what to do. The next week, Sean organized another walk. We are back on 12th Avenue South. Y'all, there is a sea of humanity behind me. This time, a thousand people showed up. A diverse crowd of people wearing masks, trying their best to distance. It was a surreal, life-changing experience for Sean. I feel like I found my voice. I feel like I've literally found my calling. I found my purpose. And these are all things I've been passionate about my whole life. I just never knew how to do it. Now Sean wants to organize walks in different cities across the country. A call for unity that encourages people to get to know their neighbors. He admits that some friends find him to be a little too much of an idealist, perhaps a little too kumbaya. But the gravity of the moment isn't lost on Sean. He understands that fighting racism and violence takes a lot of work on several different fronts. And I want to do something to make it better. I want to be able to tear down the structures. We've got to move in our lanes. Everybody, it takes, it's a puzzle. Protest, make the noise, because if you make the noise, then I can have the conversation. And for Sean, that conversation starts with the people closest to you. Your neighbors. Thanks so much for listening to Kind World this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram for more on our stories and our show. We're at WBUR Kind World. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikis and Matt Reed do our sound design. And Sophie Eisenberg is our WBUR fellow. Catherine Brewer is our managing producer and editor. And Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. And I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. We'll be back with a new episode of Kind World next Tuesday. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. We'd love to include your story of kindness and compassion on our show. So call us at 617-353-6350 and leave us a voicemail. That's 617-353-6350. Thanks for listening. See you next time.